Welcome everyone. You are listening to the I Am a Spartan podcast with your host, Scott Knowles. Enjoy the show. It will probably suck. <laughs> Scott the Fane Knowles, and you're listening to another episode of I'm a Spartan OCR Podcast. Got a cool episode here today. It's a two-part episode. I speak with Mike James from the BeastNet Podcast, and we do the first part of this episode over on his podcast, and you can check it out anywhere you listen to your favorite podcast. They also have a website. I believe we said the wrong website. In the interview, it's actually beastnetpod.com, so go over there and check that out. And this will be the second part of this interview on my podcast. Here it goes. Okay. So, all right, we just did first half of this episode on the Beastnet podcast, and now we are on my podcast. And I have Pretty Mike from the Beastnet podcast, and we're going to keep talking and continue this conversation that we started on his podcast. And if you want to hear the first part of this podcast, you got to check out BeastNet. And it's on all the platforms, right, Mike? Yep. Yes, it is. So you can find it everywhere, and it's even at uh, www.beastnet.com. So, so yeah, yeah, man, tell me about Hawaii. Yeah. Oh, Hawaii. This will be... And, I mean, I don't know if you've heard the whole story of me in Hawaii. Is Hawaii has, was my... My, for anyone who's a Stephen King reader, was my dark tower. It was the one thing that I could just never seem to get my the trifecta weekend. Right. You know, it was always just out of my grasp. Um, I went there for the first time in 2016, and it was exactly eight weeks after I broke my foot. Oh, man. And the doctor told me that he's like, you can walk on it. With the boot, you can do whatever you want, but just don't land on it. <laughs> and I'm like, cool, I'm going for it then. So just don't so land on I it, and it's an, OCR, it's an OCR race. <laughs> yeah, he's like, just don't land on that boat. So I'm like, okay, whatever. So I put on the boot, and I went for it. And I did. I went for the beast, and I just I couldn't move. I could not move quick enough. And the terrain in Hawaii is brutal. You know, you wouldn't think of it because I'm thinking Hawaii. It's an island. Right. Whatever. It's going to be nice and flat. Wrong. It's not. (laughs) It had rained, and the hills, if you've ever seen the movies like Jurassic Park, Jurassic World, all of those. Yeah. That is where, where, where those are filmed is where the race is. It's in that spot. Mm. They film the, the the those show those movies in where the 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 ranch where the you know where it's at. And don't so they still have like props out there from it? Was... Yes, there is. There is. There That's are still cool. props out there. I've actually got pictures of me with my boot on with the Welcome to Jurassic Park sign. Oh, that's cool. So from that year. So I went for it. It rained. The traction was horrible on that boot. I couldn't walk. I just kept <laughs> slipping and falling. I made it just over halfway, and it was when uh, Norm was still part of Spartan, and we missed uh, 
we missed one of the cuts by 30 seconds. Oh, my God. And Norm's like, you're done. He's like, you're done. And he looked at us, and both me and my friend Stevie are like, really? It's 30 seconds. Just let us go. We went this far. And he's like, you guys are destroyed. And I'm like, I was like this when I started. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, just let us go. And he even told us, he said, if we had showed up and it was just me and Stevie, he probably would have let us go. But there was a group of like six or seven people that all showed up together, and they were part of the Ultra, and they were destroyed. I mean, destroyed. One of the girls could barely walk. I'm pretty sure her leg was broken. One Ooh. of the guys that was with us had broke had broke his arm. Oh my so, god! I mean, it was it was brutal. That sounds like a rough race, man. No, it, was, it, that, that, it was that rain just took it out of everybody, um, and just made everything you know slippery the only thing that was nice is the rain took the humidity away so when you felt like you were going to die from the humidity all of a sudden the rain would come in and just take that humidity out and all of a sudden you could breathe so that part was good but so that was the first year so i missed the beast i dnf'd it's the only dnf i've ever had uh was that beast um, and then I came back the next morning. I didn't want to race. I was like, I was done. I was destroyed. I was defeated because, you know, I had the broken foot and I tried to do it and I failed. And one of my good friends, Brandon Chin, uh, basically looked at me and said, well, if you're not racing tomorrow, I'm not racing tomorrow. So deal with that. And <laughs> I'm like, uh, you're a dick. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I got up the next morning and I went for it and I ended up finishing the super. So I did the super, but I when I fin- by the time I finished it, there was no time to, to j- jump in on the sprint. So right. I'm like, you know, I'm done for the weekend with a broken foot in a boot. You know, I feel like I did pretty good just getting one Spartan out of the way. Mm. Um, when I got back, my doctor, I had to go to my doctor like two days after we got back. He took one look at the boot and was like, what did you do? <laughs> I'm like, I did exactly what I said I was going to do. He's like... I didn't think it was going to be that because the boot was destroyed. There was huge <laughs> gouges on the side of it. Um, every It was a, one of the air boots. Yeah. Every bit of air cushioning <laughs> was filled with mud and water. It was destroyed. <laughs> That's funny. But I finished. So, yeah. And then I went back the next year, and I ended up doing the Beast and the Super, but I had I had done so much... Like, my feet were hurting so bad by the end of the Super, and I was supposed to do another race the very next weekend with my kid. Right. And I'm like, I'm not going to miss the race with my kid, so at this point, I'm just, I'm, I'm bowing out, and I'm not going to finish the sprint. Mm. So I didn't do the sprint that week, that year. And I'm like, I'll come back in 18, and I'll get it. Well, 18, there was a hurricane. I know. That was awful. So, I hated watching that unfold. It, uh, I will tell you this. And I hear that from a lot of people. For someone, we were already there. Right. A lot of people were. So we'd already gotten to Hawaii. So so we're like, you know, and they're like, it's canceled. And I'm like, oh, well, this sucks. I'm not going to be able to race. It was probably one of the best vacations I've had in years. Really? We had so much fun because all, all of a sudden it was like, well, I don't have to race, so I don't have to worry about this. You know, and I mean, I'm a guy that likes to drink. <laughs> but before a race for that week. For that week, I'm not going to drink because I need to be hydrated. So, right. you know, I, I wasn't drinking, but now all of a sudden I had no races, so I had no uh, nothing to worry about. And it was me and my wife, and then another one of our teammates uh, was there with us, Serena, and she she was there with no family. It was just she was kind of hanging out with us. So we ended up just going out and having fun. 
we went on a the Mai Tai like uh, boat ride, which was a blast. Um, <laughs> we went out on that, and I got smashed on Mai Tais and was leaning out in the front, like you know, from Titanic and just having fun. <laughs> and it was one of the funnest vacations I've been on in a while because most of our vacations now are all about Spartan. So it's almost always around a Spartan race. That's awesome. So it was fun, but we did miss the races. So I did no races in, in Hawaii in 2018, but they had a, a, a Spartan had a party for everybody where you could go and you got free, you know, they gave you a free drink ticket and a few other things at this bar. Yeah. Well, most Spartans don't drink. They just went because if you showed up, you got a free <laughs> trifecta race because you had gone to Hawaii and they were going to give you a free trifecta. So everyone's just handing out their tickets. So well, that's cool. of course I'm drinking there, having a blast and got my free trifecta pass and then you also still got you got the races that you you know deferred as well because you didn't get a race right so you we ended up with six free races after that weekend well, that's cool so so because we were already in hawaii so i missed that year and then i went back this last year and um and i don't know what happened you know like i said i've always had a problem my feet you know swelling a little bit but we were there for five days before the race right before the races and when i get off the plane in hawaii i pretty much take my shoes off and don't put shoes back on to the race <laughs> so i go barefoot like the whole time i'm constantly barefoot so saturday morning we get to the race venue and i'm like cool let's go and i go to put my shoes on my shoes don't fit <laughs> my feet have swelled Swole. up so bad that they like won't fit at all wow so i ended up putting them on anyway and just like whatever i'm here i'm going for it <laughs> and we went for it i made it less less than a mile before i had to take my shoes off and take my socks off because they were rubbing so bad it was killing me oh man and i'm like whatever i'm gonna go for it and we ended up going there's a part in hawaii that becomes single track for probably about two miles maybe a mile and a half to two miles it got so backed up in that part of the single track it took us over two hours wow to go a mile and a half to two miles up wow. the side of the mountain. So by the time you did that and the humidity, you're just drained. But we're like, whatever, we're going to go. And I had my, my, my good buddy, Nick, who uh, I love Nick. If it wasn't for Nick, I never would have finished this race, who just kept pushing me. Um, and at one point, I lost the entire group because I just, like, every bit of me, I went through probably four quarts of water that day. Holy crap. Because I was just downing water and I just could not stay hydrated and just kind of lost the whole group because I just started like slowing down and Nick came back and got me and got me to the finish line. We finished and I'm like, okay, my feet were bleeding. They were destroyed. Oh man. And I'm like, okay. So we went back to the hotel, we went back to the hotel and we finished late. Like it was one of those because we were so like dehydrated and everything else and barely moving. It was like, if we would have been a half an hour later, they would have taken us off the course because it was, I think, like 9 o'clock at night. And we started, it was almost 12 hours that we were out there. I've heard the humidity so wreaks havoc was, on people there. Yeah, it destroyed me. And then I went back to the hotel. So we didn't get back to the hotel until 10, 30, 11 o'clock at night. And then had to be back there at 6 in the morning for the next day to do the next races. So I ended up the next morning, we got about an hour early, and my wife pretty much spent an hour just trying to bandage my feet enough that I could put shoes back on. <laughs> a lot of people would have tapped out. <laughs> and I, 
it was one of those for me. I'm like, I am getting this stupid trifecta weekend medal. <laughs> it was just in my brain. I'm like, I have to have this. So my wife bandaged my feet, like an hour bandaging my feet. And then I ended up having to put on my daily, like everyday walking shoes because they were the only shoes that were loose enough that I could get them over the swelling and every and all the bandages. They probably had great traction, and too. And that's like, I was like, that's, oh, no traction at all. They were <laughs> <laughs> every day, like, you know, I think they were Skechers, like, you know, Skechers that are basically made for, like, so, I mean, they're not made for even, they weren't even running shoes. They were just my everyday, like, Loafers. in the office yeah. shoes. That's what I wear at work, yeah. too. <laughs> so, I, so I'm just like, okay, I'm going for it. And we we went through, we did the super, and it wasn't really bad time. We actually finished the super. My, Nick, you know, once again was my, my saver, my angel on this. Um, he had in his head, he figured out the math, how fast we had to go to make sure that we finished in time to be able to take, to be able to do the sprint. So he's sitting there all the time, and we're check, he's checking his watch. He's like, okay, we're on time, we're on schedule, we're on schedule. If I started slowing down, he's like, nope, come on, we got to go, we got to go. Okay. And he kept me on pace so and we ended up finishing like an hour faster than we we needed to and you know and i i really i looked at him and i'm like i'm done i can't do this and he's like cool let's go let's go get our <laughs> our, our stuff our packet and everything for the sprint and i'm like no dude i'm done i can't do this he's like yeah okay yep yeah, yeah, cool let's go get our packet <laughs> and literally by the time i've like I had to have said it like 20 times. Like, I, I can't do this. We're standing in the start line. And he's like, uh-huh. Okay, let's go. I'm like, all right, fine. So, and I did it. The only thing I did, there was like two obstacles that I just, I'm like, I can't do this. And those were the the water obstacles, the dunk wall and the rolling mud. And that was only because I had so many like open wounds on my feet Ooh. that I didn't want to go into that water. Yeah, you don't want to get like a so bad I'm like, infection. I don't want to... Yeah, so I'm like, yeah, hey, I'm gonna, but yeah, I ended up finishing the sprint, and it was, it was amazing. I mean, it was one of those things. If it hadn't been for Nick, I never would have done it. So, and you know, I had another good friend Jody who was there with us, and she ended up finishing, and that was her first, you know, first time being able to do it. She'd been with me every year except for 2018, or except for the uh, the hurricane year. Jody had been with me on trying to finish that trifecta weekend. Oh, wow. So, so that was epic you know, for everybody to be there. So, oh, it was, it was. And I mean, I'm, I'm going back this year and this year I'm going to take my kid with me. He's not doing the trifecta. He's only doing, I believe the super in Hawaii. Cool. So, yeah. I would love to get out there to that race, but I think it would be cheaper for me to go to Greece from where I'm at than to go to Hawaii. Probably Greece is one that's on my that's on my bucket list. I want to go out and do that. It's been it's been rough. I know for Spartan I did 2015 was a trifecta, and I've got the the Montana weird Founders Medal that everyone always looks at and says, "What the heck is that?" <laughs> because it was a Founders year and it's it's a weird circle with spears coming off of it. So, and then so I got a trifecta that year in 2016. I got. I think two. I got two trifectas. In 17, I got three. Cool. And then in 18, I did two again. In 19, I did three. And this year, I'm going for four. So, And the only reason I've really got the chance at the four this year is because they changed the 
the day I had that that little window right. at the end of the year of where 2019 and 2020 kind of overlapped. So when I did the my last beast for 2019, it also counted for 2020. Yeah, I think I got two beasts so, in so this year already, just because of that rule. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah, so I got the beast, and, and so I've got one beast already, and then I'm doing uh, Vegas Super, Seattle Super, and Sprint. Going out to Montana, doing a beast and a super in a weekend. Uh, and then Hawaii, all three again, and then the Seattle Beast. So, so and my, then the Washougal Sprint and the Seattle Sprint. So, so my problem over yeah. here is I'm going to end up having more Beast than Supers, and the only Supers I would have to try, you know, I'd have to get a flight to get to. Yeah. You know, and I usually, when I fly to a race, I usually want to fly to like a Beast race. You know what I mean? Yeah. More bang for your buck. See, for me, it's one of those, I try and go to, if I fly normally, it's going to be, it's going to be one that's a two-race weekend normally. Oh, yeah. Or it's somewhere that's a, like, vacation spot. Oh, yeah. So, we, where it's pretty much, because me and my wife always go together, so we'll try and get to where we have, like, a day or two, you know, there where we're having a vacation too so that's how i like vegas this year you know every year in vegas we'll do the race you know either you know both saturday and sunday this year i'm just doing saturday and then we'll go back to vegas for two or three days oh, and then fly cool. home that's cool you know hawaii normally we're there for you know seven to ten days so and then you know that way we have i have the race and then i can goof off for you know then we have the, the vacation as well so because we've done the ones where we you know you know I fly in, I do a race, and then we fly right back out. And it's just, it's not as fun. No, yeah, yeah. I, I feel rushed the whole time. You know, when we did California this year, it was it was fun because we got to drive down, so we got a lot of time with me and my wife spending together. Right. But it was still one of those. We I finished the race on Saturday. Literally, we got in the car and drove for three hours up to, I think, San Jose. Right. And then ended up, you know, taking a shower, going to bed, and then driving home the next day. <clears throat> so it was kind of, you know, we didn't get a, we got a lot of time together in the car, but we didn't get a lot of time to actually have a like, vacation time. So I like the, the vacation time along with it. So Yeah, see, a lot of the, the races that we fly to, we're usually like in and out for the weekend, like fly, fly up there on Friday and then come back on Monday, you know. So it's like you said, it's super fast paced, you know. Always, you know, watching your watch yeah. to make sure you're getting everywhere on time. <laughs> yeah, and that's kind of where, you know, and that was a thing. Because I've been on a couple, like I said, where we did the, you know, um, like flew in and then flew out. We did the very first time I did Vegas. We literally flew in Friday night. I think we went to a show that night. Went to the race on Saturday and was looking at my watch, like, as I'm finishing the race, like, we've got to get back so that I have enough time to, like, go to the hotel, take a shower, grab all our stuff, and head to the head to the airport. Because we actually even kept the hotel for an extra night just so we could use the, I could go back and use the shower. <laughs> even though we didn't need it because we were going to be flying back. So, and we barely, like, made it back to the airport in time because, one, we didn't do the research and realized that the Vegas race is an hour and a half outside of Vegas, but yeah right on hey mike um i know we talked about how like i got into ocr and all on your podcast so tell my listeners like 
how did your OCR journey like start, man? Like, how did you get into it? You know, and what led you to creating your own podcast? It, it was one of those things for me. It was um, back in oh, what 2009, 2010. I was over, overweight, like I am now, and I started losing weight by running. Right. You know, I, I would run at lunch at the job that I had. We had a gym downstairs. I would just go run in the gym at lunch and rather than going out to lunch with everybody. And I ended up dropping almost, I think, 60 or 70 pounds. Wow. Running. And I started doing 5Ks. You know, I made a goal that I was going to do a 5K every month. You know, like, not just, you know, I do my running every day that I normally did, but then I would go out and do a 5K, like, you know, sign up for a 5K and do one a month. Um, and I did that for, I ended up, I think doing 14 and, you know, including like two half marathons within a year. That's so, awesome. and I'm like right on, but I ended up, um, blowing out my knee, mm. um, while I was doing it because I don't, I didn't do well with injury. I still don't. Um, but I did a half marathon and that something popped in my knee and I'm like, okay, fine. And instead of being smart and saying, okay, Hey, I'll take a break for a couple, you know, a month or so that my knee heal. I did another half marathon two weeks later. <laughs> We've all done that. And during that marathon, yeah, during that marathon, my knee completely gave out. Oof. So, I mean, like the person I was running with, like I, I pretty much fell because my knee gave out. And of course it was at the seven mile mark or so. And she's like, are you done? And I'm like, nope. And I got up and finished the marathon and by the time our half marathon. And by the time I finished, like I couldn't, when it first happened about every 40th or 50th step, my knee would try and give out, but I could hold it. Right. And then by the time I finished, it was about every other, every other step I was fighting. Like, you know, if my legs weren't as strong as they were, my knee would have been done. But my mm. like the muscles in my legs pretty much held my knee together until I finished, and then after that I was done for almost a year. So because I'd done so much to it, wow. so. But during that time of running all those, I had one of my friends uh, that I worked with, the Gladiator, came up here. Right. You know, and he's like, "Let's go do this as a you know for fun," and I went with him, and uh, we were Team Nanya, like Nanya business, <laughs> but. Uh, <laughs> And we had bright orange shirts, and we went and did this, and I pretty much, you know, and it was a blast, and I right. loved it. And I realized that, you know, I had the leg strength from running, but my upper body wasn't completely there. Um, but then, like I said, I ended up hurting my knee. I was out for about a year, and I didn't race. And then a couple years later, I started getting back into it, and I had some other friends that were really into the mud run stuff and got me into those. And I did a few, and I was like, well, this is fun, you know. It's interesting. It's kind of, it's, I'd gotten bored with running yeah. and doing the mud runs kind of killed that monotony of right. trying to do a, you know, spending, you know, a half marathon, spending three hours out there. I could do, you know, a beast and spend six or seven hours out there. But along with that 13 miles, I was still doing, you know, you know, some, you know, stuff in between the obstacles so but i did it i didn't do a spartan for a while a long time um i went with a couple friends to the port it was at that time it was the northwest sprint but now it's the portland sprint um in washuga washington and but i couldn't race because i had 13 stitches in my hand mm. but i went down and volunteered right so and then 
since I had a free race from volunteering, me and my wife decided that we wanted to go, you know, on a vacation, just the two of us to really get away, um, together. And we chose, well, we'd go to Montana and I could use that free race and do a Spartan. I'm not one for research, (laughs) which people who know me know very well that I'm not one for research. So I didn't know really the difference between a beast, a sprint and a super. So I'm like, I'll go to Montana and they've got a beast and I'll just go do that. I'm like, I've done half marathons and I've done mud runs, you know, so this will be fine. It'll, this won't be a problem at all. Yeah. That was really bad planning. (laughs) Before the race, we volunteered me and my wife both so I could get a couple more free races in case I wanted to do more. Um, I did the beast and about halfway through, I'm like, this is stupid. I don't want to do this anymore. <laughs> and I ran into I ran into a guy named Andrew Hooper, who was a really, really cool guy. Um, and me and him and an, another friend, you know, talked and kept each other going for the rest of the race. So we went through the race. We ended up finishing it. I was still like, yeah, I don't know if I want to do this. But I had two free races. <laughs> so I might as well use them. So I went back and I did the uh, the Washougal race uh, for a sprint. And that year they did the Seattle was the very first time they did the Seattle race was in 2015. And it was a super, but it was in October. Right. So I'm like, hey, I never have another free race. I can use that for the super. And now I'm going to have, you know, I, I will have my trifecta. So, and I did that and got my trifecta. So, and that was, you know, kind of what got me into it. And I ended up meeting a really great group of people. Um, that was a, a racing group called Beast OCR at that time. That was just the greatest group of people. And they really helped me learn to love OCR and spent a lot of time with it. And it, it was pretty cool. I mean, I got into it for a few years and then, like you said, uh, for the podcast, it was kind of one of those. I thought about it for a while because I already had, um, for those that do know, you know, my listeners on the Beastnet will know that I, I do comedy as well. And when I do comedy, my name's Brandon Valentine. Um, and I had a podcast already that's actually, we just hit, what, year four, I think. Um, of a podcast that I do um, in comedy that I do as Brandon Valentine called Renerdish. Mm-hmm. And so it was like, well, I already had the skills and I know how to do podcasting. Why don't I start doing one for, you know, running and stuff like that to help not only motivate myself, but to help motivate others like me who have been through that of, you know, one of my favorite things to talk to people about is people like you and I who Mm. have fought the overweight, have fought back from injuries, have fought back from that stuff that those motivation you know, we've talked to, you know, and over the years we've done, gosh, I think we're just trying to think how many episodes we're at. Y'all are close to uh, 200, I think, the, right? The, the man. How was that? Y'all are close to like 200 episodes, aren't you? We're getting close. I think we're up around 170, 180 up in that yeah. mark somewhere. But we are getting close to 200. And I mean, it's. Y'all put out know, like three episodes a week sometimes. Two. Two episodes a week, sometimes three if we have some special ones because we've branched out. 
when I started, it was just me for the first almost two years. Right. It was just me doing everything. Um, I recorded all the episodes. I edited them. I did all the marketing. I paid for, you know, for the podcast, everything. And then this last year, I brought in my, my best friend, Don. Right. Because um, I honestly was at a point where, like, I'm, I, I had lost my my drive. I wasn't really into it as much. I've been really fighting this last year, I think with the injuries and some personal issues and some of that stuff, you know, um, other things that have been going on in OCR and, you know, and some of the teams and stuff like that is I've really been fighting with my motivation to even want to keep doing any of this. And, uh, Don came along and like I said, Don's been my best friend. We met in preschool. So we've known each other a while. And he came along and he's like, let me help you. What do you need from me? And I was pretty much, I mean, honestly, my my whole belief at the beginning was that I was handing over the podcast to him. Right. I'm like, I'm done. I don't want to do this anymore. Um, you know, and it honestly come to a point where I thought about completely quitting racing. Right. Um, and I, I don't know how many, if a lot of people know that. I, I was very close and I still have days where I'm not sure if I want to keep doing this the, the racing and everything else um, and Don has really helped me to keep kind of that fire going and, and everything else so I really kind of wanted to quit and I brought in Don's brother-in-law who's a really good friend of mine, Kyle, as another host so that I didn't have to host as much and brought Don in as a manager so that I could start really honestly phasing myself out um, Don hasn't let me do that of course, he's, you know, helped me, well, that's good, me you know, going with it. But, I mean, they're rich. it is, it is. It's been really good. I mean, he kind of really saved me. It was one of those, like I said, I, my whole plan was really to phase myself out to a point where I was going to completely step out of running the podcast, step out of racing, like just totally kind of drop out of the OCR scene altogether. Yeah. So um, he really kept me from doing that. So it's been, it's been a, a rough year on that sense, but. He's done really good at, you know, becoming the manager. I mean, he's taken us from kind of a smaller podcast, I think, to really branching us out a lot farther, um, right. really doing better at the marketing that I didn't do, have time for. Um, yeah, Don, Don has been a savior in that. But the podcast is kind of one of those things. It was kind of my brainchild. Um, originally, it was it was part of the reason it was called BeastNet was there's going to be multiple, the original vision was there would be multiple, multiple shows on the BeastNet. Right. You know, my, my network. But it just never, never unfolded. I could never get anybody else to really, you know, put in the time to do it. And now that I've had Don managing, Don has helped to like basically start to bring my vision that I had, you know, two and a half years ago for this into, you know, to light. So, yeah. So it's been, it's been pretty cool, you know, and it's been one of those things that, you know, it really, it really, I, I love doing BeastNet. So it's, it's a passion. Like I said, I do the comedy and I have the comedy podcast. And in fact, actually I have now, uh, a pom- comedy podcast and actually two radio shows that I do but, oh, wow. uh, for the comedy side. So it's Brandon Valentine. So really this is the only one that I still kind of do for the, as, as Mike James and for, you know, the, the fitness side. So, yeah. So I guess that was a long answer to, to your question, but <laughs> Mike, how do you have time to do all this, man? <laughs> 
it's, I don't know. It, it, trust me, my wife asks me that all the time. She gets mad at me because how much time I do everything. But <laughs> I've always been one of those people that I have to be busy. Right. If my brain isn't working on something and I'm not busy, I go nuts. And it's, so I have to, have to keep myself going. So I keep myself, I've always tried to keep myself busy with a lot of, a lot of stuff. I've tried to back off a little bit, a few things. Um, You know, I've stepped back from, besides the podcast, stepped back from most of the things that I was doing in OCR besides racing. So, you know, any, anything like that, that I was doing mainly. And now all I do in OCR is racing and the podcast. Um, but yeah, so, I mean, it's cause the other thing on top of that, I'm working on getting my bachelor's degree. So I'm going back to college too. So oh, wow. there's way too much on my plate, but, yeah, it sounds like but it, if man. I don't, like I said, if I don't stay busy, I have issues, hmm. <laughs> but man, that's cool. You had your friend Don help you yeah. out, man, because man, I know I would be in the same boat, you know? If I got hurt, you know, or had like some leg injury that knocked me out of racing, man, I, I know that, I mean, I hate using the word depressed because I don't, I don't want to accept that that's what I'm going into, but I know that that would happen. You know, I'm, I'm kind of like, you know, yeah. and I don't know a lot about depression, you know, and I know every, it happens to everybody at some point and people have different levels and different degrees of it, but I always try to tell myself to not say I'm depressed because I feel like if, yeah. if, if you say it, that means you're, you're accepting it and that, that might not be healthy, yep. but I just, I'm, but I know that like I would be in a low place if, you know, I, I had an injury kind of like yours, you know, and I couldn't exercise the way I want to, you know? And it's mainly like, you know, the the running part more than anything. And I've been sidelined from running, you know, but it's usually like nagging pains that I can kind of work around or take, a, you know, a couple of weeks off and it'll go away and I can get back into it. But, you know, having like that stress fracture or, you know, you twist your ankle yeah. at a race or break your ankle at a race or something like that. And I mean, you're just out the rest of the year, you know, so I tell myself that, if something like this happens that I'm still going to go to the races, you know, I'm, I mean, I'm, I might not fly to them, but to all the races that I can still drive to, I want to, I'm still going to try to drive to them just to keep that motivation alive that I want to be back here. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's kind of the thing I've tried to do is, I think for me, I mean, it's it's very true, like you said, is, I mean, there is a depression that comes along with that, and I've been trying not to get buried in that. And part of that, it has been still going to the races. Still, you know, even though I'm bigger and I'm slower and I have problems on the obstacles now because of my weight, I still go out there and I make an attempt and I keep yeah. trying to keep trying to get better and keep trying to do it. I have my, my race family who, I mean, there's some amazing yeah. people that I race with that, you know, have just kept me going, you know, I mean, I can't say enough for them, Serena, Jody, Justin, you know, Brandon, you know, Dawn, all of them, like my kid, you know, that keep me, Nick, who got me through, you know, Hawaii, that keep me going every race that I think without them, I would have definitely walked away from, from the OCR world, you know, a year ago, you know, or longer. Don't you, uh... you know. Don't you know a guy, a real shady character named uh, Ted Kiley? 
Oh, yeah. Of course, everyone knows that guy. <laughs> the guy that can't get off Facebook. Yeah, the one that gets banned from Facebook. He needs, a, he needs a real job so he can get off Facebook. I've never seen somebody on Facebook so much. Right, and Crazy. Instagram. Don't so, forget Instagram. Yeah, no. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, I know Ted. Ted is a great guy. Ted is awesome. He is cool. I mean, he's one that's, you know, another one that I know who's gone through some major issues, you know, physically and mentally that he's been able to push through. So, yeah, I know he's, uh, I think he's in the process of moving right now. So Yeah, he showed, I think he posted, posted a, up a picture. Over here. Yeah, it was an awesome picture where he looked like he was moving to. Yeah, he come to a race. I want to say it was like maybe the end of 2016 he come to atlanta to a really rainy cold uh race down here and i met him there for the first time super cool dude he's big joker too yeah he's a joker he loves stuff i mean he's he's a great guy he's fun i like to give him crap because he is on facebook like constantly anytime oh, yeah. i post something you can almost guarantee that ted is going to be the first comment the first one but, to like yeah yeah, yeah. <clears throat> Hey, Mike, I mean, I yeah. know that you've just about, you've probably already answered these questions, but still I want to ask them anyway. I always ask every person that comes on. And so uh, to this date, and it can be any race, any anywhere, you know, what has been your favorite race and why? And it doesn't have to be OCR. It's a toss-up, really. I mean, it's between two races, and they're completely different races. One of them would be Montana in 15, the Spartan race, because it was my first Spartan, and it meant so much finishing that race. Um, and really, it's Montana altogether. I mean, 15 was an amazing race. I mean, that was a founder's race. I think I remember seeing mile 19 or 20. It was brutal. Shoot. It was horrible. I wanted to die. <laughs> but I finished it, and I got the, the crazy medal that everyone else, like, wants so bad um, for that one. But then the next year in Montana, we had teammates that got hurt, and it took us over 12 and a half hours to finish the race. Or No, I think it was 13 and a half hours. But we did it anyway and just kept going and kept trudging through. Um, one of my favorite things was uh, one of my friends had a hip injury. The other one had a, uh, an ankle injury, and we just kept kind of trudging along. And, and Hammond, Steve Hammond, came up, and he was the, the sweep. And right. he came up to us, and my friend looks at him and says, you can do whatever you want but we are finishing this race. And Hammond looks at her and goes, good answer. Everyone behind you quit. Let's go. Wow. That's awesome. And then he stuck with us for like, he stuck with us for four miles and he made sure every single one of us in that group finished. And that's why I will always love Steve Hammond. Um, so Montana, just about every year has always been one of my favorites. I've only missed it one year. And this was last year. I missed it because I had to have a, uh, hernia surgery so i wasn't able to go um it looks like a beautiful venue and then, that's a bucket list for me oh it's gorgeous it's a gorgeous venue and it is but it is hills i mean if you it is hill after hill it's the only course i think i've ever been on that we're pretty sure there's some vortex because <laughs> there's no way there does not seem to be enough downhills to match the uphills so, I mean, it's just, yeah, it seems like you just keep going up and up and up and up, and then all of a sudden you're back to the festival. I'm like, we never went downhill. How is this possible? So, And, dude, that's insane it's, that, it's like, your, your first race was a beast, man. I remember doing my sprint, yeah. and I was aware that they had a super and a beast distance, and I was thinking, 
You know, before I signed up for the sprint, I was thinking there's no way I'll do a beast because, you know, all my body can handle is pretty much like a short five mileish race, you know, and, you know, but after I finished my yeah. sprint, I knew I was going to do it. I was going to suffer through it and get it done, but you just, you know, took it on, you know, bull by the like horns said, on your first race. It was no research, and I'm just like, yeah, this will be great. It'll be awesome. And I think, in all honesty, I think for me, that's what saved me. <laughs> I think if I would have done it the way you did, if I'd done a sprint first, I think it would have scared me away from a beast. <laughs> but doing the beast first, then I'm like, well, if I did a beast, I'd oh, yeah. sprint. It's super easy, you know. <laughs> and then, uh, yeah. So that would be, that Montana would be my favorite, you know, race. Um, the other one would probably be, and it's a race here in Seattle, it's actually a half marathon that's called Tunnel, or a full marathon, sorry, that's called uh, the Tunnel Marathon. Right. Um, and I did it last June, and it's my the second marathon I've ever done. My first marathon I did was the Seattle Marathon after I broke my foot. Oh, man. Um, I told myself years ago when I was running that I would do a full marathon before my 40th birthday. Wow. Well, I still haven't done About six months before my 40th, yeah, six months before my 40th birthday, I'm like, uh, I haven't done a marathon yet. So I literally signed up for the Seattle Marathon because it was six days before my 40th birthday. See, now I've done like and, some of the Spartan Ultras and I've done like a trail marathon, but I have never like officially done like a street, you know, marathon. I've done a half, but I've never done a street marathon. Yeah. And honestly, that scares me more than doing an, a Spartan Ultra because just pounding that pavement for 26 miles, yep. that frightens me. <laughs> Yeah, and that, that Seattle Marathon was brutal because it was Don, Don signed up with me because all of a sudden right before the race, I was going to do it alone. I was going to go by myself. I'm like, I'm doing a marathon. Forget it. If anyone wants to go with me, whatever, I don't care. I'm doing it because I told myself I'd do it before my 40th birthday. And my good friend Emily signed up um, who, you know, raced, did a lot of races. She was with me on that, you know, the 13-hour Spartan Beast in Montana one year. Right. But uh, she signed up, and then Don signed up with me. And Don hadn't been – at this point, Don hadn't done anything, really. He was in horrible <laughs> shape and had no no, no business signing up <laughs> for a marathon. But he did it anyway. So And he's like, I'm doing this with you. Let's go. And wow. we went to go. About the 13-mile mark, Emily was sick before she even started. About the 13-mile mark, she's like, I just, I, I'm too sick. I can't continue. I'm like, okay, you know, thank you for, you know, at least going this far with me. You know, and she, she bowed out. We hit about the 22-mile mark, and Dawn's back started seizing up. Oh, wow. And Dawn's like, I, uh, he's like, I can't. And I'm like, dude, it's like four miles. That's all that's left. And he's like, I just can't. And I'm like, okay. And at that point, I mean, you're 22 miles in it. And I was, you know, at that point, it was, you know, only a year and a half after breaking my foot. I was like 250 pounds. I had no business being out there. Hmm. But I knew if I stopped to like try and convince him and everything else that I was going to find a reason for myself to quit. And I'm like, I'm sorry, I have to keep going. And he's like, nope, I get it. And I'm like, okay. So I trudged off by myself. And I was the last racer. They were closing down the course behind me and actually even in front of me. And they ended up having uh, someone on a bicycle and another person in a car, like, following me to make sure that I was, you know, that I was still okay. 
and I just kept trudging along until I finished. That's awesome. You know, and man. I ended up I ended up actually passing. I passed the last person, like with a hundred feet left to finish it. I like caught up to her and I'm like, do you just want to finish this together? And she's like, no, you go ahead. And I'm like, cool, I'm going to try and run it in. And Dawn took video of it. And when I'm running, one of my ankles had locked and I couldn't even move it. So you can kind of, I've got this weird like wobbles I'm coming in, but I'm like, I'm finishing this. And it was emotional as heck. I'm sure. But that ended up, you know, that ended up leading into, like I said, the tunnel marathon was the one that was my favorite that I just did in June. And that was my second one. Um, Don, once again, Don and his, his joy, he's like, I did one with you. Now you've got to do one with me. We're doing the tunnel marathon. And I'm like, I'll think about it. And all of a sudden I get an email saying, Hey, thank you. Thank you for signing up for the tunnel marathon. I'm like, yeah, you dick. Yeah, that's funny. So, so in the tunnel marathon, what's great about this, it's a trail. It starts off on the top of Snoqualmie Pass and you go all the way down the mountain. Right. So it's a straight, it's shot down the mountain, 26.2 miles. But it's enough, it's not a huge grade, so it's not enough to, like, destroy your knees. Right. It's just enough of a grade that you can tell you're going downhill, so, like, your your quads are on fire from doing this. But you go 26.2 miles straight down the hill, and wow. it was just, we got to about the halfway point, and the, the race director because once again i'm still you know i'm not moving very fast because i'm still a big guy and the race director is literally kind of like looking at me and don like you know you guys are pretty close to the time limit you know here i don't know if you're gonna make it and don's like cool whatever see you later we're still going <laughs> and we just kept moving on and we actually got to a point we were the last racers um for the last six miles i had my own emt walking with me because <laughs> <So, laughs> the emt was the emt was the sweep and she just got out of the the her car and like left the other emt in the car and just got out and started walking with me so and we just you know it was it was something i didn't think i could do you know i figured you know i'd done the one marathon yeah. and that was just out of pure willpower because i just told myself i would and on this one i'm like i yeah i don't think i can do this um don got to a point where we got separated because he was just you know how when you get going and you start moving and you just kind of go and Don kind of hit that and got in that rhythm. And he ended up just kind of taking off in front of me, and we lost each other. But he just kind of kept going, um, ended up just being me and the EMT by the end. And when I came around the, the final corner, I, I pretty much started crying because I'm like, I've done this. I've finished it. Wow. You know, and everyone was waiting for me to finish it. And Don was there. My wife was there. And it was just, it was amazing. You know, and it was just such a beautiful venue, too, that you kind of lost the fact that you were walking 26 months mm. because it was just, it was gorgeous. That's cool. It's amazing just, what I a mean, good friend can talk venue. you into. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and that's Don. I mean, like I said, we've known each other since preschool. Um, he was basically, because I'm the youngest of six kids, um, and he was basically the little brother that I never wanted. But... <laughs> So, um, yeah, and like I said, we've known each other for years. His family's my family. I've been to his family, you know, reunions. He's been to my family functions as if we're part of each other's families. So I call his mom mom. He calls my mom mom. So That's his cool. sisters are my sisters. So it's pretty cool. It's We've known each other. I'm probably closer to him as a brother than I am my own real brothers. That's cool. 
So, okay, you've yeah. told me what races were your favorite. Now tell me which race you hated the most or it was your worst race and why. Huh. That, that's a really, I mean, honestly, and it's going to sound funny because I just said such great things, it's Seattle Marathon. I hated it. <laughs> I will, I... I want to say I'll never do it again, but I did do the half marathon, the Seattle 50th anniversary half marathon for Seattle this last year. Um, but when we did it, it was the, whoever designed it was a sick, sick bastard. Um, you started the race straight uphill, downhill, massive hills, and then for like four or five miles, and then for probably 15, 16 miles of you know, flat. And then all of a sudden, the last four or five miles, nasty uphills again. Wow. <laughs> and I'm like, really? <laughs> and it rained the entire time. Those are always fun races when it yes. rains the whole time. Yeah, so it was raining the whole time. I was soaked. I was cold. I was miserable. But it was all I kept running through my head was... I told myself I would do this before my 40th birthday. This is my last chance. I have to keep moving. Right. And literally after Don, you know, bowed out because of his back spasms and everything else, I mean, part of me is mad at that point, kind of like, you bastard, you left me. Um, but <laughs> I got it. I understood. And I knew it was kind of, if it wasn't for him, I wouldn't have made it that 20, you know, 23 miles anyway. So he got me to that point where I could finish it. Well, he better have been in the finish line honest, with a beer. I, oh, yeah, he was waiting for me with beer at the end. So, <laughs> But it was, I'll be honest, as a grown man, six days before my 40th birthday, I was crying on that course. <laughs> because I was so, I have never been that defeated. That's awesome, man. You know, I was completely defeated because, you know, like I said, everyone had left me. You know, and it wasn't because of problems like they chose, oh, we're done with you. But it was one of those, all of a sudden, I'm 24 miles into this course, and I'm alone. Mm. Nobody's around me. There's no other racers. They're taking down the course around me. And I've got this just great little old lady who was a course marshal in her van, like, you can barely walk. <laughs> do you just want me to take you to the finish line? I will drive you. And I'm like, no, I've got to do this. I told myself I would do this. And it was probably the race. It was the worst race of my life. But at the same time, probably the most life-changing race wow. of my life. Because it was, you know, I had to. In my brain, I had to do it. And I mean, like I said, I think it's probably the only race that I literally was crying as I walked down that course. If it hadn't been raining you would have been able to tell that I was pretty much, there was tears just streaming down my face, but the rain was washing away, so you couldn't tell. <laughs> Dude, that's awesome, man. Yeah. I was, love hearing good stories, man. That's it was why crazy. I, those are my two favorite questions to always ask, man, because, I mean, I like somebody telling me a story on how, what they thought of a race and how it meant to them. I mean, it's always just yeah. all of my favorite thing to um, to ask. So, um, all right, Mike, man, yeah. I'm, I'm all out of questions here i mean do you want to tell people how they can find you and find your podcast man and if there's anything else you want to add man go ahead and shoot um like i said uh it's uh www.beastnet uh beastnet.com uh 
might be BeastNet Pod. Don's gonna be mad at me because I don't remember that right off the top of my head. <laughs> but I think it is just BeastNet.com. Um, on the I do know Instagram, all that, with BeastNet Pod. Um, you can find me on Facebook and stuff, Mike James. Um, my Twitter is the I, or my not my Twitter, but my uh, in, uh, Instagram is the BeastNet Instagram. Uh, me and Don both share that one, so you'll see both of us, you know, posting on that. Um, but yeah, uh, find us on, on all the platforms. I mean, I think we're on just about everything. We record on Anchor, but we, you know, it puts it out to Spotify and all of them, so you can find us everywhere. Um, yeah, the only thing I could say: get out there and race, make some memories. You know, it's the big thing that I keep thinking about, and has really, you know, got me this year is. You can buy yourself all sorts of cool stuff right. that you can lose in a second, but they can't take your memories. So get out there and make memories. Right. I tell that to all the guys at work, you know, they hoard up their vacation time because they'll let us sell it back and they'll give you like 85% of what it's worth. So everybody in the department, they go and buy these boats. They go and buy like brand new trucks every so often. And here I am driving in 10 year old cars and, you know, I'm, going out of town every month and they're being like you're going on vacation again i said no i'm going to a race again <laughs> that's yeah. just part of it man yeah exactly you can't take our memories that's right well hey mike man i really appreciate you uh doing this and like i said you know we did half of this show on his podcast and we did half of it on mine so you definitely need to check them both out and subscribe to both of these podcasts oh yeah yeah, definitely subscribe to both. I'm going to be subscribing to yours. Make sure that I'm subscribed to yours and start listening to yours more often here. I drive a lot, so Me too. I'm always listening to different podcasts. So. You know, and that was another reason why I got into this, too, is I think the first OCR podcast I found was Obstacle Dominator. And I went to Virginia, and I listened to, like, every single episode they had. And then I started finding other ones and I started listening to all of them, man. And it's just, I'm like you, I'm on the road a lot. So, and I travel a lot. So it just, and it, it keeps you awake better than music does. So that's, it does. that's one reason why I like it. conversation with people. Because when you listen to a podcast, you're listening to what they're saying. You actually, you, you're, you're invested. If right. you're listening to music, it's a song that I've heard 50 times. So I'm just yeah. tuning it out. Yeah, no doubt. But yeah, podcasts definitely keep you awake better. No doubt. All right, on. Well, thank you so much. This has been a blast. Yeah, um, man. And I tell everyone definitely subscribe to both. You know, both both podcasts. So cool, man. We'll talk to you later. Hope you enjoyed the interview. I want to thank Mike James again for inviting me onto his podcast and for him coming on to mine. So check those guys out over at BeastNet Podcast. Also, some interesting news has come out this past week. The Ultra World Championships is going to be at Killington, Vermont. It's also going to be the week after the regular Ultra at Killington, Vermont, which I've already paid for my flights, paid for the race, and booked my Airbnb. So that's nice. Little heads up next time would be great, you know, so we can plan these races a little better. Anyway... Follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Leave a review. Hadn't got one in a while. I'll read it on the show. My next race will be at the Atlanta Motor Speedway. The Sprint. This is their first time going to that venue. Should be super cool. Garfield Griffiths is the race director there. He's He always does a great race. Also, I will go to Charlotte that day and then run 
the Charlotte Sprint on Sunday. So it should be an interesting road trip. Hopefully I'll see some of you out there. We'll talk to you later. Peace. Thank you.